Welcome to Why It Matters, a podcast series where The Straits Times takes a close look at one key news talking point each week. Now, what is this $20 million topic that we're talking about? Obviously, it's the Trumpkin Summit. I'm Ernest Lewis, Head of Podcasting for SPH, and in this episode, my guests are Jeremy Aoyong, a Deputy News Editor with ST, who was there at the Capella Hotel in Sentosa on June 12th, along with Deputy Foreign Editor Tan Donway. So, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thank Ernest. You. So, a day after, what still seems surreal to you all? Uh, okay, if I could go first. A lot, let's just say, I thought the whole thing was surreal. Yeah. Just to have these two who were really calling each other names. We were on the brink of a nuclear war. Just to have those two here, meeting, shaking hands, praising each other, that was surreal enough. But I would say the thing that is still with me today is the tours that Kim Jong-un took. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he was a tourist, uh, you know, on the second day of his uh, trip to Singapore, yeah. he went to Gardens by the Bay, he went to Marina Bay Sands Sky Park, he went to Jubilee Bridge, and there were selfies of him. Yeah, that was the first selfie, apparently. Uh, apparently, maybe okay. he has, or at least it's yeah. the first public selfie. That yeah. That's still mind-boggling to me. Mm. With Minister Vivian Balakrishnan and uh, Ong Yi Kang as well. Yeah, so, I, what about you, Dawn? What's still seeing well, surreal to you? I think just seeing them both these two larger-than-life characters mm. that we've been watching over the past one year, taking pot shots at each other, you know, it's all been very entertaining. Just seeing them in the flesh and just a few meters away from me because I was among um, a very select group of journalists who mm. were allowed to be inside the capella witnessing the talks unfold over the course of the day and then watching the two of them interact as well as play up to the cameras. And I felt very distinctly like I was watching an interactive play. <laughs> I was part of a small group of audience, you know, who got herded from room to room, yeah. setting to setting, and it was like a performance that was made for us and it was made for primetime TV. And it all seemed incredibly stage-managed and very well choreographed. Like the moment the two of them walked out from separate doors and it was synced to perfection and they came together, shook hands um, and that kind of continued throughout the day, you know, that walk across the courtyard um, in oh the yes, middle of the yeah. day after lunch. Well, I, I just felt that it served no purpose, you know, other than just to cater to the cameras because the two of them, it was very short path and then they tried to have a conversation at the beginning but then halfway through the walk, I think they just gave up because there were no interpreters with them and I suppose they couldn't keep up with the conversation. So, yeah, I'm inclined to say that, you know, much of what happened yesterday was really just for the optics. There's this air of unpredictability as we watch it on, unfold on TV. But it seems like you're saying there's a lot of precision planning behind the scenes. I think it was all managed right managed. from the very beginning. They knew exactly what the, both sides were going to do. Okay. I think they had already ironed out all the details, the agreements. And yesterday was just a matter of doing it. Done more by the US side, you would think? Well, they, both sides were meeting too for, yep. for in the two months, uh, which is not really a long time. Both okay. sides were meeting, some in Singapore, they were meeting in, in South Korea, they were meeting in New York, uh, you know, trying to iron this out. I think I, think I agree with Don, and the, yeah. a lot of it was stage managed, yeah. but I guess the uncertainty was what <laughs> this handshake was actually going to be like because like, yeah, Donald yeah. Trump has rolled out all manner of handshakes yeah. as a long one, short one. Yes. Sometimes he, he tugs you. So yesterday was, uh, I think people were trying to see what it was going to look like. I think we counted 12 seconds. Uh, yes. They were facing each other. I didn't see... The first one. Yeah, the first, yeah. the historic mm. handshake. Mm. They, were, they faced each other. 
I didn't see any smiling. Was there smiling, Don? They looked a bit they tense. Looked a little first. serious to me. I didn't see smiling yeah. at that point. Quite a firm handshake, and then Donald Trump, as he does like to do, he reached out and he touched mm. Kim Jong Un on the elbow. But throughout the whole handshake, and then they turn and post the photographs. Still, not a lot of smiling. But when they started walking down the corridor, yeah. I figured they couldn't understand each other. But there was some smiling there, so I don't know what happened in between. They seemed to stand like they were sidled up to each other. That body language was interesting because it's not so confrontational, right? Behind the pillars, just before they got into the yeah, library. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I saw it quite differently because I th- I wasn't expecting this overt friendliness between the two of them from yeah. the very start. And okay. when they both came out and shook hands, it, they they looked so relaxed and they were grinning ear to ear, and then they were tapping each other's arm. So I didn't expect that. And then. Once they were done with posing for the cameras and they, they walked, they were supposed to walk down this corridor into the library so that they could continue with their one-on-one. But then I think Kim Jong-un stopped uh, just behind the pillar. So yeah. we weren't able to capture too much of that because they were hidden by the pillar. And he just stopped like and just impromptu and then he was just chatting mm. with Donald Trump for, for quite a while before they proceeded to the, to the library. I want to ask you this. Critics have said that the agreement is on the thin side, but you know, our Prime Minister Lee Sen Loong, he did hint quite a lot in the interview with CNN. He said that actually the, the basis was this to, was to establish a relationship, you know, in such a short time. And do you think there's more than meets the eye here? Because obviously thin on details, but maybe they had a different goal and Donald Trump is, of course, a businessman. He knows how to do these things behind the scenes and all that. Was this based more on trust and establishing just the start of a relationship rather than trying to iron out everything in full details and annex documents and all this? What do you all think? Uh, it seemed to me like Donald Trump was trying to play down expectations a bit. Yeah. I mean, even raised, quite famously raised the possibility that within one minute, he's going to know whether... Kim Jong-un is sincere and then he talked about it being a process, building a relationship. So in that sense, I guess the thinness of the uh, agreement they actually signed is not entirely surprising. Actually at the press conference, Donald Trump was asked, uh, why does this agreement not contain the thing that uh, US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said you wanted, which is complete, verifiable irreversible dismantlement of nuclear weapons. It has the word complete, it doesn't have the word verifiable or irreversible. And his answer was, well, I had no time. It was just one day. And so it's like, okay, it's <laughs> half a day. He said, I had no time. But he stressed that it's all there. He's, go- he's going to verify. So I guess my takeaway from this, if there's, because this agreement, I don't think this agreement should be seen as the main takeaway from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the only thing they signed, the only concrete thing they signed. But uh, I don't think there's much there. And I agree, there are a lot of critics who said that that this agreement is too thin. And uh, it seemed like the US has given up something concrete, the joint military exercises with South Korea, for what seems quite aspirational in terms of written words. If if I am to be optimistic about it, if I I take the most, my post-positive spin on this, then I would say that this is, uh, is good that both sides who were fighting before on the brink of war have a good relationship. Okay. And if I'm hopeful, it is because it looks like Kim Jong-un is not like his father. So if there's going to be progress on this deal, it's because these two leaders have a rapport, a rapport and the North Korean leader genuinely wants to do something, which is something uh, PM Lee also said. Don, what about you? Do you think that, I mean, Donald Trump seemed to hint that this is the establishment of some faith. There's an element of faith and trust in him. 
do you think his faith and trust in Chairman Kim is going to be undone or you think there's something there that you believe what you felt? I think when we asked him yesterday, um, you know, how, how can you be so sure that mm. Mr. Kim is going to completely give up his entire nuclear arsenal? He's not going to sort of squirrel away some of it somewhere in the country and nobody can find it. And he said, I trust him. I trust Mr. Kim. And even though, you know, I s might sound a bit cynical about yesterday uh, making it sound like it was all for show, perhaps this show, this performance that they put up yesterday was necessary. You know, for one thing, it's shown around the world to audiences in the US. Um, I, I don't know if, if North Koreans will get to see this, but you see these two people, you know, who are like mortal enemies come together, shake hands, very friendly with each other. And I think that goes some ways in mm. breaking down barriers, breaking down you know, very you know, decades-old prejudices and bias. And, and that's, I think, a good step. At least, at least you know, with, with, with these breaking down of barriers, you know, it's, they can go on to negotiate uh, you know, after this. So, so the fact that the joint statement is very thin, I mean, it's not unexpected. Everyone's kind of said that it wasn't going to be, there wasn't going to be a lot of substance in there in the first place. But um, at least it's a first step. Got to ask you this, Singapore, mm. did we score well on this? Uh, obviously, we went down in history. I mean, we had a preview of this uh, summit and uh, we were saying either way, good or bad, we're going to go down in history. But did we score well? I mean, our role was to make sure it happened and it did and everything went smoothly as I think as far as you know you see reports from journalists around the world everything yeah. went smoothly there are many beautiful shots of our skyline <laughs> broadcast around the world yeah. I think we could not have hoped for much more than that like they did not the two leaders did not fight each other there, were <laughs> <laughs> there were no security lapses I think uh, yeah it would give us an A I, I completely agree. I think given the very short notice that we were mm. given, we, w we weren't even sure if this was going to happen or not. Actually, in essentially two weeks was, was kind of the timeline that we had mm. to work with. And we pulled it off. And, you know, I have to give tremendous credit. I think I saw with my own eyes just how everyone kind of came together, the different ministries, the different government agencies. I was very impressed with the International <laughs> Media Centre. <laughs> They completely turned the pit building into this wonderful media center and there was like food around the clock and there were people when i went there because i had to go from there to capella because i couldn't go into sentosa on my own because of security reasons i was there at three in the morning and there were people manning it's like a buzz the media yeah, center yeah. you know I, just to add to that you know i mean we've covered a lot of summits even here around yeah, the world and yeah. here i actually have never seen organization at this level i've never seen this much security, even when we had APEC yeah. or ASEAN summit, never, even when Obama came, I don't recall there being this much security or this much logistics to be. And they didn't have this kimchi ice cream then as well, right? I, I actually tried the kimchi ice cream. On the first day when I went there, it, it was, it, it, they ran out because I guess it was, everyone wanted to try it. So on the second day, I made sure I got my hands on it. The only thing I can say is it's an acquired taste. Okay. I'm not sure if it's, it's for me. But also, I want to make another point, um, which is not to do with logistics, but just to mm. do with the fact that another thing that impressed me is just how discreet we are. And I think that was one of the things that scored us this, this gig. Because even prior to the summit, you know, you were getting leaks from White House, you know, from South Korea and everything. But we just couldn't get anything out of anyone 
here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we tried, even like off the record, can you please tell me, you know, can you just confirm this? No. And I think this discretion is really, you know, that foreign governments would appreciate. Right. Okay, so Singapore organized, discreet. That's something that you don't, all right. And I would say, uh, I thought it was very smart to have our table used in the meeting because yes. then a piece of Singapore is in every photograph of this historic event. Yep. All right, thanks uh, Jeremy and Don for joining us on Why It Matters. Look out for more podcasts on various topics on The Straits Times and do send us your post-Trump Kim thoughts to podcast at sph.com.sg. 